to the David George podcast. Now, who is David George, I hear you asking? Well, Dr. David George, to give him his full title, is a man who started as one of the pioneers in the AI space back in the early 1990s, and is the creator of Choice Master, a shopping recommender that uses AI to help consumers make more informed decisions when searching for that new item. In this first episode, I chat to David about his background in computing and how he came up with the idea for Choice Master. So let's hear from David. With me today, I've got David George, who is the inventor of Choice Master. And um, I wanted to ask Dave a few questions about Choice Master. But before that, let's have a little uh, chat about your background in uh, computing. Right. Well, I mean, how far back <laughs> do we want to go? Be prehistory? <laughs> so I've been in the artificial intelligence space for many years. You know, my background is mathematics and computer science, and I developed an interest in artificial intelligence many, many years ago. It's always intrigued me, man's preoccupation with make, making images of themselves. And uh, so AI was something that, uh, that, that really interested me from the first day of robots. However, my focus um, it was always on, on software. And I always wanted to be able to make a computer. How, did, how could we get a computer to reason like human beings? And by, when I use the word reason very uh, definitely rather than think um, because to me they're, they're quite different. Um, uh, some people are predicting the day of the thinking or thoughtful computer and uh, I prefer to, to use the term reason. Uh, we can't have any intelligence, uh, human or otherwise, without reasoning and so we need to embody a computer with reasoning in order to get artificial intelligence. So as I say, my background goes back um, to the late 80s, early 90s. I've built numerous artificial intelligence systems of one form or another for very large uh, blue chip companies. At the beginning of this, I mentioned that you were the inventor of Choice Master. Basically, in a sentence, what is Choice Master? Uh, Choice Master is, um, is an in intelligent decision support system. Let's have, um, let's have that a little bit more in layman's terms, shall we? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do my, my very best. Um, Choice Master is a tool that will help um, online shoppers, for example, make um, better informed choice decisions. It's a, it's a paradoxical situation that we have. We all want more choice. However, the human brain is not necessarily the best vehicle for, for analysing um, all of the various trade-offs that come with trying to make a, uh, an effective uh, choice decision with so much data around. We suffer from, from information overload. Simple example would be if you want to buy a new smartphone, you go on to Google and you search for smartphones and you'll get pages and pages and pages and pages. You know, now, how do you actually make a choice based on what's important to you. So where did the idea of Choice Master come from? What, what was your thinking when you came up with the original concept? When I came up with the original idea, there, wasn't, there weren't any so-called um, recommender systems uh, currently available. It was still another, still another um, year or so before 
before the Netflix movie recommender or the Spotify music recommender or the Amazon shopping basket recommender became available. And that that's basically where most people will have known these recommenders from, where they, they just pick out that they want a comedy or they want an Oscar-winning film, and that recommends them a whole series of, of products. Well, for Netflix, yes, that's right. However, they, they, they implement their recommender systems in one way. Choice Master, I have implemented Choice Master in a number of very different ways to overcome the limitations of the current uh, recommenders, which are very good. I just believe that Choice Master can do a better job in, in many circumstances. In my personal experience, what I always find is if you buy something from a cer- certain online retailers, they try to sell you the same thing, but either a different colour or a different model or a different make but it's the same thing they keep trying to send you. And although I get that, it does seem to be quite basic. It's quite a blunt instrument, I've always found. Yeah, there are a number of reasons for that type of circumstance uh, arising. In order for the current recommender systems to to make a sensible recommendation to you, um, they need to know a lot about you. (laughs) You know, so if if you're going to one of these very large online retailers and it needs to know what your past shopping history has been and over and above that it would also need to know what the shopping history of many 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 millions of other people has been so that it can basically use a a, uses a method on of called collaborative filtering or content filtering which involves processing and, and 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 sort of profiling you if if you like, into a category of shopper, (laughs) that if you like product A, then you're also likely, based on what it's learned from analysing the shopping history of many, many other people, you may want this as well. Now that sometimes it might work and sometimes it won't work. It only knows how to recommend um, items to you based on what it knows about you and what it knows about lots of other people. I find this quite interesting because I do remember when there was the big talk about identity cards from the government and people getting very worried about the government knowing so much. Anyone who carries a Tesco's club card must know that Tesco's knows more about you than the government ever will. And I think that's what you're talking about, isn't it? That information that is held about you on, for example, a Tesco's club card is quite detailed. Oh, absolutely it is. They know your complete shopping, your shopping history at Tesco's. And indeed, some of the data, the big data aggregators, if you take, you know, some of the, you know, the larger social media uh, businesses, they know a heck of a lot more than even Tesco knows about you because they're collecting information about you from many other sources. So if you have other retailers shopping cards, they're also getting that information about you as well. So essentially, they're tracking you and following you around and, and analysing your behaviour so that they can um, sell that information to uh, marketing companies that that will market other products to you that you may want to buy. Data is now, of course, a huge um, business in itself, just the selling of data. And I suppose a lot of these are data collecting services in order to sell it on. Well, yes, that's exactly how they're making their money. Looking again at Choice Master, how is that not going to be collecting loads of data about you personally? Is it the same thing? Is it that kind of aggregator? Or can you do the searches anonymously via Choice Master? Yeah, Choice Master, right from the get-go, was designed to cater for anonymous users. If as an online shopper, 
using a, a direct interface with, with Choice Master, it won't even ask you for your email address. <laughs> so um, I deliberately, um, as a matter of business ethics, don't want to collect data about you. And sorry to use the word, but my algorithms, <laughs> unlike uh, many other um, uh, recommender system algorithms, don't need to know anything about you personally and they don't need to know anything about anyone else personally in order to make um, a relevant and appropriate recommendation to you. Again, speaking from a personal level, if you want to buy anything from anyone online, they always insist that you open up an account with them because they want your details, they want your email address and, and sundry other bits of detail about you in order to keep selling you things. And, uh, and then you have to go through your emails and unsubscribe to all the things that you've only bought things once. With Choice Master, this doesn't happen, does it? This is not the way it will operate for the for the consumer. No, I don't. As I mentioned, it caters for a, you, you as a user are, are to, insofar as Choice Master is concerned, are anonymous. I don't need to know anything about you. I use very different um, modelling methods within the algorithms to those used by the current implementations of recommender systems. I don't need to know. I don't need to know that last week you bought a a pink shirt from this particular from this particular retailer in order to be able to you know sell you a yellow tie to go with it you know so so the information comes in to the choice master system and once the decision is made that information then just disappears it never really goes into a, a data store no no the the data all the data provided the only data i need to know from the user which which is volunteered by the user is for any any product that you you're interested in in understanding what's the best choice for you is how important are features of that product to you that's all i need to know um and once that data has been provided and is then used to actually drive the recommendation uh, process uh, which is explained to you once the recommendations have been made then that data is temporal, it disappears. Would Again, would that information um, be available to a retailer who is using Choice Master or is, or is that uh, that's not possible? That data, if it's collected originally by, by an online shop, yes, that data may be recorded by the retailer, but that's then their choice. It's not, it's not something that Choice Master demands. So in theory, someone could go on to Choice Master um, put all the information in, if it's connected to a retailer, obviously, put all that information in, go, right, that's the best thing for me, and not buy from that retailer. Go somewhere else and buy it because they know that's the right choice. Yes, absolutely. You know, the soul of Choice Master is in, whilst it has significant benefits to, to the online retailer, the soul of Choice Master is really to help the shopper have a better shopping experience and and actually make a more informed choice so that they're confident that the choice that they're making was in fact the right choice. What I'm getting from what you're telling me is that there's sort of two uses for Choice Master. There's the consumer who will go to the, to the Choice Master site and put all that information in about something. But there's also the retailer who can then uh, link it to his products and his online sales system. Yes. There's two implementations of Choice Master. There's a business-to-business implementation where Choice Master is, is plugged into an online retailing environment, in which case the data that gets used would be provided by that online retailer. 
So if you if you go into an online retailer that sells laptop computers, um, then the data that gets used by Choice Master comes from that retailer. Then there's the direct-to-consumer uh, model, which might be able to get data or which will get data from multiple retailers. Um, and the idea there is to provide the shopper with a, with a, a shopping assistant, if you like, um, especially for, for online shopping where you don't get a, a helpful, friendly, knowledgeable shopping you know, sales assistant to, to answer your questions. Uh, but it will then ask you what's important about you buying a new smartphone. Well, you might say, well, price is my most important decision factor associated with the phone. But then I want something with a, you know, with a long battery life. I want something with a very good camera. I want something with a lot of memory to store lots of music. So all of these features are then, uh, you, you then just tell me how, how important are these to, you know, to you uh, relative to each other. And I then go away, analyze all the backend data from various databases um, and crunch all the numbers and, and apply your, your importance preferences and come back with a recommendation, which I can then explain to you. Now, in the direct-to-consumer model, you, are, you then can then go out and actually say, this particular product seems to be the best for me. I agree with the explanation it's given me as to why uh, the recommender suggested this. I'm now going to go and find out, you know, which retailer will give me the best experience if I buy from them. Yeah, so that gives the the power to the consumer, really, as opposed to exactly uh, the, the retailer. So, coming up with the idea for Choice Master in at the beginning was that from personal experience of online shopping, or did you just see there was a gap in the market for that from you know from people you speak to and, and your life? Well, it was based on my own personal experience. I, for my own personal reasons. Um, I sort of dropped out. I, I decided to retire early at one stage and go sailing for a few years. And and I'd always had my mobile phone contract was always a professional business contract. And then when I decided to go sailing, I didn't need that contract anymore. And so I went to my service provider at the time uh, and said, okay, look, my personal circumstances have changed. I no longer need this mobile phone contract. I now need something that gives me this capability. You know, I wanted to transfer the number. I wanted to. I wanted a pay-as-you-go, uh, but it had to be international uh, because I was going to be sailing. You know, in in many different locations. And I was told by the sales assistant uh, at the service provider, "Oh, we've got this on special this month." You know. <laughs> um, so they weren't talking, listening to what you wanted. They were just. Following a pitch script, which they've been told, we need to sell more of these phones on this particular. Well, exactly. I, I mean, so yes, they weren't knowingly listening to what was important to me, and then matching what I needed to what they had available, and then making a recommendation that was appropriate and relevant to me. They were selling you what they wanted to sell they you, were, not what you wanted to buy. Exactly. They were selling me that you know the product that they wanted to to sell, and so I thought. To myself, wouldn't it be great if I could find a piece of software that could that could analyze these contracts for me and and match the specification of the contract to actually what was important to me? Um, and that's when the original idea uh, came about. So you went sailing around the world and came back and uh, wrote the software for Choice Master. Yes, <laughs> in a nutshell. Yes, that's precisely what happened. I yes. think the, I think the uh, 
I think the thing we need, all need to do is go and sail around the world and come up with a brilliant idea. Well, let me tell you, you get plenty of time when you're sailing, you know, to, 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 to provide a lot of thought to many different aspects of your life. Looking at the advertising side, so when you, when you Google something or when you look on various online shopping sites, often there are paid sponsored adverts for the item that you're looking for or a model of the item you're looking for. Am I right in thinking Choice Master would will bypass all that kind of advertising pressure? So it's not about how much money someone can throw at that product. It's literally what is the best thing for the consumer. The interface to Choice Master only asks you what features are important to you when you buy this particular product. So if it's a smartphone, it will ask you things about, you know, how long the battery will last and and how big is the screen and the quality of the camera. If it's a laptop, it'll it'll say, well, what screen size do you actually want? You know, how, again, how long will the battery last, you know, before I need to, to recharge it? How much does it weigh if I'm going to be carrying it around uh, because I'm, I'm out uh, visiting lots of different customers or clients? So it just asks you what's important to you. That's all it needs to know. And it's because of the built-in explanation system that differentiates Choice Master from all of the other uh, current recommender systems, you can actually read the explanation as to why it made a particular recommendation and you can say, yeah, I agree with this. So this is the one for me or no, I don't agree with this. Okay. Well, well, or I'm going to change my mind about certain things Okay, well, well we're iterate gonna move, around. We're going to move on to the actual interface side of it in a moment because I'm looking at it from a consumer's point of view and, you know, I'm quite aware that stuff is being sold to me all the time, that adverts will come up from even conversations I've had in the same room as my phone. Although they tell us that doesn't happen, it absolutely does. So you'll bypass those commercial pressures. So people literally are buying what they want, not what they're told they want. Yes. As, <laughs> I think yes is probably as far as we need to go on that one. Well, yes, I mean, that's true. But, it, but obviously, if the data is not available... It can't make, you know, it can't account for that, for the, you know, for, for the contribution that, that data could have made. For example, if you go to an online store that doesn't sell Samsung phones, then the data is not available. So the recommendation won't include a Samsung phone, for example. So, but with Choice Master, it will have everything in there. But with Choice Master, it will have everything that's been made available to it one way or the other, yes. So if I'm plugged in, if Choice Master is plugged into an online retailer, it will have access to everything that they have about smartphones. If it's running in, in direct-to-consumer mode, it will have access to everything from all of the data aggregation sources that Choice Master will use. And how do you choose those sources? Well, you want objective you know, data aggregators that, that provide you with, with all of the relevant, relevant data, and there are a number of them around. So all that information is available? That information online. is available one way or the other. Okay. And it's all in the public domain, of course, you know. So. So it is all available, yes. That's where we're going to have to leave our chat with David for now. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you found it informative or just enjoyed listening to David, then why not like, follow, subscribe, or give us a review? If you want to know more about Choice Master and David's work, then why not drop him an email at david at choicemaster.org. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more chat from David. And if you don't want to miss an episode, then don't forget to subscribe or follow. Until then, stay safe 
And remember, it pays to be informed. This is a 1386 audio production.